Welcome to Watch Over, a podcast devoted to all things Arrow and Elicity. Featuring myself, Jen, aka J. Buffy Angel, and me, Kelly, aka Callista Wolf. Be aware we do discuss spoilers and swear now and then, but we will always have fun and you will too. guys happy american thanksgiving and happy end of november to everybody else yes for those who do not celebrate american thanksgiving i mean i barely celebrate american thanksgiving it's just turkey. I'm american i don't really care like we were just discussing we don't like i wonder if anyone has thanksgiving as their favorite holiday and interesting i would like you know to know what? why because all you Honestly, do is watch football and eat turkey i'm giving a big side eye to anybody who does consider it like their favorite i'm like really why why what about it <laughs> it's so great that's What's better so than great about thanksgiving or halloween or anything oh, my mom hated halloween with the passion of a thousand sons you know i didn't start disliking halloween until i had kids yeah because it's a lot of pressure the whole costume <laughs> situation here's what i've realized about having this is what i did not realize about my mother until i became a mother is holidays mean a fuck ton of work for the mothers? Yeah. Or some well, fathers. But I think in the majority of the hospitals, on... households, it's mostly women doing all the work. And it's it's kids are all hopped up on sugar and yeah. excitement. And it's just like, ugh, like I it's It's just a lot. It's a lot <laughs> of cooking and not? cleaning. And you bust your ass over every holiday. So it's not like all that relaxing once you are in charge of it <laughs> but that's why grandparents get to get old and then you transition these things so and I'm sorry about my voice I've just like I've decided that this cold is going to be with me forever and I have like permanently damaged vocal cords or something yeah, you will you will be sick for the rest of I really feel like I'm going ever. to I feel like that's the direction this whole thing is going so and then if anyone's wondering what's going on with my reviews I have four oh Four written and 406 written. I'll be writing 405 tonight. But Tumblr changed the uh, format of the gifts, and it sucks. So I have to convert them to gift format. And I it's think a, I recall this being Did I tell people this last week? Yeah. So anyways. Or at least you told me. I, I was bitching about it to you. So, uh, so the lovely Muriel. I can't remember. No decaf for me. I adore her. She, like, volunteered to do the gifts and fix them for me. I was like, are you batshit crazy? Because I use so many. She's like, no, it's fine. Send them over. So she's like, work right now she's working on 404 or 804. And that's a massively huge episode of a crap ton of stuff. So it's taking a while. But I think the other two will be pretty easy and I could probably just do them. But so, yeah, anyways, I'm going to post it soon. Just that's, the, it's, it's happening. I'm getting caught up. It's all okay. good. Okay. Okay. So Callie <laughs> did not watch the episode. I paid attention this week. Yay me, gold star. To plot, you paid attention to right. plot. And wow. basically, we—it's an episode of the one of the tried and true television tropes, the time loop. It's basically Groundhog Day. And I've seen this done on several TV shows. Some of them within the Arrowverse. And 
Legends like, of Tomorrow. Yeah, it's like episode, okay, too. Legends of Tomorrow. Does, I mean, Legends of Tomorrow's was really funny. <laughs> Which I feel it works best if it's funny. If yes, just it gonna, works like torture right. the characters and yes. the audience. Just like keep it. Okay? Like the <laughs> yes, exactly. It's it. like <laughs> Groundhog Day is a is a great movie because every time they do he it time resets. It just gets funnier and funnier and well, funnier. Well, I mean, he does go through that whole thing where he's killing himself. Right, but but, but that's still funny. But they still play it as funny. <laughs> Come on, guys. Jared Alpha Cliff is hilarious. The problem with this episode is they were they were using a time loop for some spirituality revelations. So it has this very heavy, uh, almost religious connotation to it, and we're just watching the same effing scenes over and over again. I was I was getting very bored because I knew where we were headed with this. I knew before we even. I was like. And I think everybody knew. You know, the monitor is teaching Oliver a lesson. Well, what's the lesson? Well, he has to oh, accept geez. his death. That's the, that's we're just gonna boil it down because it's not. A worth lot of people. I saw some people. I saw some some talk about this, and some people are like, "Hadn't he already accepted this when he left Felicity?" And the answer is no. He accepted that he had to leave Felicity. He accepted that he had to save the multiverse. He accepted that he had to go work with the monitor. He did not necessarily sign on for, yeah, I'm going to die. Well, I think, I mean, <laughs> I have, I, mean? I have, I think there's a couple things going on. I think there was, he has been talking the talk, which is why we thought he accepted this. But yeah. the, the issue tonight was, it was Oliver really realizing to himself, he's not right. walking the walk. Hey, to make, to make a comparison, it's like us, the Arrow fans, an arrow ending. Sure, yeah. Arrow's ending, big deal. Who cares? You know, it's next month or whatever. It's right. In, it's in January. We're like that's, not that's, dealing that's with it. And now and, as and we get close to right. the end, it's becoming more and more real. Oh, this show's actually going to end. Well, and I think that's very, very interesting <laughs> because that's a good segue because I don't feel like the episode was for Oliver. I feel the episode was for us, the audience. Possibly very, yes, much so. I've never seen know, Oliver yeah. represent the audience. I mean, it's like normally it's Felicity, but he was us tonight because everyone's like well hasn't Oliver already learned this lesson and I was like well no but I know for damn sure what group of people hasn't and it's us because we're all well he's gonna he's gonna you know Barry's gonna reverse time or you know there'll be magic teeth and you know everyone thinks he's going to avoid the death and no I know we've been I know I joke around a lot and here's the other thing it okay when I am very religious okay so uh, that's why I like superhero stories because they tie, they're very similar to Jesus Christ's uh, story. And I like that. I like combining pop with pop culture with um, uh, faith. So to me, it's like, okay, time loop. When I was telling Kelly, you know, okay, fine. You know, it's like the, it's a wonderful life trope. You're going to see a thousand, writers just can't stay away from it. They love it. And, you know, Arrow is not, this, we're not watching EWTN. This, it's not a, it's not a religious show. And I think it's always so interesting to me when they start to dip their toe into this. Cause you're kind of like, well, what is Oliver's beliefs? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, we've recognized uh, Felicity's Jewish, but it doesn't come up that much. And, you know, does Oliver even acknowledge there is God? You know, like they don't talk about it. So really tonight, and they had an episode like this on The Flash, and it's a really important episode on The Flash, and I'm going to compare it 
um, it to Oliver's and don't worry, Oliver outcomes look looking like a rose. Um, but what I thought was interesting is this, this is Oliver's God moment. And to me, time loop <laughs> just doesn't do the deep enough dive on it that it really requires. And that's the limitation of Arrow, that they're dealing with some really serious, heavy life themes. And it's just not a serious enough show to give it the gravitas and weight I think it deserves. And I think Sometimes they really hit the mark on this kind of stuff and it's very emotional, but it just wasn't emotional for me because we were just freaking hitting repeat over and over and over and over again. And, you know, I would say most of the audience, at least on Twitter, was like, yeah, okay, he has to accept his death. That's where this is all going, right? And so it's like waiting 40 minutes till, till he gets there. You're just like, yeah, I, I just don't care. I feel like it would have been more expedient if you just sat down and read the Bible. <laughs> Here's here's my take on it as somebody who barely knows what happened in the episode. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll <laughs> tell my, you in a second. My take on it, just like from what I've heard, time loop, yeah. Same scenes over and over again, yeah. Oliver having to accept his death and the crisis within him that wells up from that realization, mm -hmm. yeah. But here's my thing, and this is this blows them all the way back to my personal reason for not watching this season. Yeah, sounds great. I would have liked it a lot more with Felicity front and center. Well, that's what I t that's what I tweeted. We were about halfway through, and I was like, "This would have been a lot more fun if Felicity Smoke was stuck in the time loop." Right? Okay. It's one so of I'm those episodes where you really <laughs> feel it because you know I like Stephen and Katie Cassie did a, you know an okay job. Um, I don't think this is one of her best uh, episodes um, acting wise. Uh, but yeah, you we really, really needed Felicity Smoke. And I think the other part of it that the component that was a little frustrating too is they cut the kids down to like nothing. They're like the opening scene and hey dad, how's it going? And they went to go get Big Belly Burger, but he spends no time really with them. With them. And so I mean, it is Oliver and Laurel and Lila and we're again it's really heavy it's really serious because the whole point of it is the time loop is oliver and laurel have to what they think is the time loop they have to stop quentin lance from dying now quentin's death is one of the sadder ones on arrow and i was like you know once was enough i'm good so what they're doing is they're killing quentin all the time so you're just like mm. No, well, this okay. is just a bowl full of jolly you know it gets to be kind of a lot and um, I really, I really loved that they brought Paul Blackthorne back for this, though. His scenes, he got two great epic speeches. Yeah, I'll give him three. He got three epic speeches. And God, that man can deliver these, uh, these lines. There is just something about him where he is just very centered. He has the gravitas. There's the weight to his acting. He sells the emotionality yeah, and the reality a, of the He's era. got a level that some yeah. of the actors just can't hit. And honestly, what this boils down to and the reason why the monitor chose to use the visage of Paul Blackthorne is because he wanted somebody that Oliver respected because the monitor knows he Oliver doesn't trust him. Right. And he's not going to listen to anything all you know the monitor has to say. So he wanted somebody um, Oliver trusted and more importantly respected. Yeah. 
And then I think he wanted to use somebody that died recently. So it felt more um, probable that he could save him. I think grief is a lifelong thing. And I think at different stages, you feel different things. I think there's more acceptance with Moira and Robert and Tommy because they've been dead longer. But Quentin was just a year ago. So Oliver kind of feels, oh, yeah, we can we can just Lazarus piss the shit out of this. It'll be great, you know. And what I loved about it from, and what they did with Quentin, you know, it's funny because, you know, everybody gets on board. There's a few minute, few scenes of, oh, what, you know, Oliver explaining the time loop and things are different. And the good part that they did is Quentin was just like, well, you know, shit happens, crazy shit happens all the time. So it makes sense. I believe you. And we just moved on from the, oh, it's not a time loop, Oliver. This is real life. I was like, if we do one more goddamn scene of that, I'm going to lose my mind. Um, <laughs> and... Essentially, he is uh, Quentin in this reality. He survived Diaz's gunshot. He doesn't die. And what he's saying to Oliver and what he's saying to Laurel is, you know, he's been kind of feeling like he cheated death. And in one of the great lines, he's like, you know, this feels different to me. Uh, the last time this Diaz shooting me, it felt different. You know, I, I, you know, I've been through a lot. I, you know, there was the siege, there was the island. He's like, I kind of feel like I've been outrunning death for a while now. And it's finally caught up to me because Quentin accepts he has to die before Oliver does. Okay. And that's such a great connective thread because Oliver has been outrunning death for 12 years. And what they're trying to drill down into is he has got to realize that he is not getting out of this. This is not going to be, you know, there's gonna, there's no Diggle and Felicity pulling out a bullet. There's no magic tea. There's no unthinkable plan. Um, there's no shortcut. There's no way, you know, there's no way he is surviving. And I think, and that's when I say that this is the writers talking to us because everyone is theorizing all the different ways Oliver's not going to die, right. and they're like, no, 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 we're going to kill night. him. Yeah, we're going to kill him. It's going to happen. And what I was saying last night is, okay, guys, buckle up, because you know this is this is the point. I said, death, death is not avoidable this time because death is the way through. The way I phrase it is he has to accept he's going to die in order for him to live. And that concept is very difficult to understand, I think, particularly in these kinds of scenarios, because you're kind of like, well, this just feels like Oliver's giving up. And they dealt with that, too. Gave Quentin another great speech. And Oliver's saying to him, I'm not leaving you here. We're going you know, to find a way out because this is how Oliver's built. This is his willpower. He, he doesn't have superpowers. He wasn't given speed through lightning or, you know, the myriad of other powers that, you know, Superman and Supergirl. He doesn't have any of that. Everything about the Green Arrow has been, has been uh, fueled by sheer force of will. That's Oliver Queen. His will is his superpower. He will just make it happen. He is going to find a way. That is how he survived. 
And this is, and the monitor is trying to tell him, you know, that attitude is not going to serve you well this time. Because your goal here is to save everybody, okay? But secretly, deep down, Oliver's been hoping, well, yeah, I want to save the universe. I want to save my family. But I also kind of want to save me too, which is so amazing. Because the Oliver we met in the pilot didn't care if he lived or died. And now Oliver's like, no, I want more time. I want to stay. And Quentin is saying to him, there was a beautiful line about, um, well, so Oliver, once he comes to this realization, he asks, and Lila knows what's going on. Lila's in the time loop because she's kind of their guide. Lila was Felicity Smoke for Oliver, explaining to him, because Oliver just like really can't get this. And so once he finally does get it, Lila starts giving him some answers. And, you know, he's like, hey, why did the monitor involve my kids? Like, he asked her, why did he I mean, bring my question. adult children to <laughs> present day? What the fuck? You know? And she says, because time is a gift. And it's such a beautiful moment because... See, I'm going to be a mess in the feet when oh this gosh, finally happens. Girl. It's a beautiful moment because you don't understand. Um, you don't appreciate the gift of time until you don't have any more. And so he's realizing that he's going to have to say goodbye to his children. And he's not getting out of it. And... You know, Oliver is not looking forward to this. None of us are looking forward to this. And that's why I said this was such a beautiful um, way of dealing with Jesus in the garden. Because I think people sometimes forget whether whether or not you believe Je- believe in Jesus or not. It's not, it's not really uh, the point uh, because you can just view it. If you don't believe in it, you can just view it as another story. What happens with Jesus is the night before, um, it's before he's going to be arrested, before Judas hands him over um, to the Romans, and he is, uh, it's, I think it's, this is Good Friday, so it's, it's the night before, it's the night before, it's a good, uh, Holy Thursday, I can't remember. Anyways, he's, he's going to be crucified in a short period of time, okay, and he knows this is coming. Jesus knows he's, this is what his purpose is. And he asks God to take the cup away from him. It's a very, very human moment where he's like, you know, not super hyped up about dying on a cross. Any way we could like avoid this, you know, he doesn't want to die. He doesn't want to suffer in excruciating pain. Crucifixion is a real bad way to go, guys. Um... But the difference is that Christ says to God, but only if it is your will and not mine. So, you know, you have the son of God humbling himself to the father. So it's not him giving up. It's you're giving in. And that's the way that they described it beautifully, I would say, on Arrow, because Oliver is saying, Quentin, you're giving up. And Quentin's like, no, you know, I'm really not. I'm just giving in. I'm I'm accepting that I don't have control. The lesson is Oliver is not God. And this is where the rubber meets the road because we all are going to have to deal with this. If there's one connective thread to all of humanity is we're all going to die. 
nobody gets out of this <laughs> without going through that process. And a lot about life, and I feel particularly with suffering, is humbling yourself to those moments and that they can be teachable moments. Because in reality, we don't get to control. We have, we have this illusion of control as human beings. But in reality, most of the stuff that's happening to us is out of our control. And when that happens, how do you react to it? That's the difference. So the monitor was saying, and you know, Quint, Oliver asked Quentin, and this is part of how he kind of gets to this place. He's like, you know, remember like you used to hunt me and try to arrest me <laughs> all the time? And Quentin's like, yeah, memories, good times. And Oliver's like, like what made you decide to, you know, start working with me and start, and, you know, and Quentin says, well, you know, my girls were the main reason. And I just laughed because I was like, well, if Laurel and Sarah can get over all the sleeping around and betrayal and cheating and then Quentin was kind of like, they don't have a problem with you. You know, why should I? And what I love is Oliver's line after. And he said, they trusted, trusted me and you trusted them. That was the path for Quentin. He's like, yeah, that's it. Exactly. And so what the monitor is saying to Oliver, he's not asking Oliver to trust him. He's asking him to trust Quentin. Well, he's asking Oliver to trust himself. Mm. He's saying, you know, deep down, really deep down, that I'm a good guy and that this is the only way. And the thing that Oliver always has as is his little back pocket, he trusts his gut. He goes with his instincts. And some of this, oh, the monitor's evil, he's getting all distracted. You know, there's just different stuff flying at him. And he's like, well, maybe this guy's evil and I got to stop him. And, you know, but I think deep down that a large part of that for Oliver was this is the route I'm going to avoid dying. Because if this guy's evil, then everything he's saying is bullshit and I don't have to die. Woohoo! You know, and you're like, well, that's that's a fair leap of conclusion you know and the monitor's like but what do you really feel deep down and oliver knows oliver knows that this is a good guy he had he's trying he's the only way they can save everyone and that the only way to save everyone is he has to die that's the ball game and i've been calling him super jesus superhero jesus all year and that's always my thing when you know, I tweeted out, all right, guys, buckle up. He's going to die. And then I was getting a lot of, oh, Jen's lost hope. I'm like, what are you doing it? We've always said this was This is what's going to happen. I was like, death <laughs> is the hope. And it's such a hard, it's such a hard concept to get uh, even when you go through it. You know, I'm going to talk, I'll, you know, in my review, I have had a God moment like this. Uh, during my daughter's delivery, there was a very, very good chance uh, neither one of us were going to survive. And they told me um, that they wanted me asleep for the procedure. And they didn't say why, but we all knew why. If she died, they didn't want me flipping out on the operating table, which was highly probable. And I was like, well, that's fine. If she dies, I don't want to be alive anyways. And I'll would prefer to not witness that so that works for me and then the other part was well if if I die in the process of trying to get her out um that was it, it just took a few seconds for me to be like 
Oh, well, yeah. I mean, there's worse ways than uh, worse ways to go than falling asleep. And, you know, you I thought I should be feeling afraid, but I was very calm, very peaceful. I had overwhelming relief. I was like, okay, the pain is over and but I didn't I didn't want to die. But I also accepted that as I had done absolutely everything I could do and now it was out of my hands. And you have to accept that. And then the chips fall where they may. Yeah. So that that is essentially what and it's a silly comic book show, but that's why I love this <laughs> show because they do manage to kind of the Oliver Queen is such a great character because he is a sinner. He's imperfect and yet he's so good. You know? So this whole pro and we love him and we're all like, well, these ungrateful twats do not deserve uh Oliver died for them. That's exactly the point. Right. That they don't deserve. Guess like who we were? You know, guess we who? We said this last year during the fina- right. during the crossover when everybody was shitting all over Oliver. I remember we were saying over and over, that's the point. Right. They have to shit on him or because otherwise his sacrifice will be they won't learn anything from it. Let's let's go back to the, the Jesus source material, okay? Exactly. That's exactly where, where it comes the from. the ungrateful twats in Jesus' crucifixion. He's dying for us, and we put him to death. We're the assholes, but he loves us anyway. That's, that is the selfless, unconditional love of God. That is the selfish, unconditional love that God is, or that Oliver is giving to his friends and family. Yeah. He is, he is, yes, they've been absolutely terrible to him. Star City has been terrible to him. Barry and Kara have, have overlooked his sacrifices and, and they, they run him down and they see him as this flawed man and they don't see the things that we, the fans, have always seen. Right. Okay. And that's very, 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 very much on purpose. Oliver's death isn't going to shake Barry quite the same as if he's always treated Oliver as a God figure. Right. You know what I mean? But if he's he's sit there and, and judged Oliver and run him down and thought that he was better, and then he sees Oliver do the one thing he fucking can't, because let me tell you, I heard some things that Barry said in last night's episode oh, of The Flash. Oh, don't even Barry get me absolutely, but I Barry actually, absolutely can't. And so uh, when Oliver does this, Barry's going to go, holy shit, well, we and were I wrong think, about him the whole time. I mean, I'm here and, you know, I always watch the last five minutes because I'm firing up. I'm trying to get ready to, for when Arrow is starting. And I, I didn't hear all of it, but I'm noticing there is almost a weekly event at the end of the episode where Barry says something so unbelievably selfish. And they're doing it on purpose. Very much on Because purpose. they are going to show... They no. Are finally comparing all of us. gonna be the Oliver. one, okay, who yeah. gets the golden key to the fucking city. And I gotta say It's about time. Everyone's like, well, <laughs> everyone's like, why do you hate it, Barry Allen? Everybody has always asked me, why do I hate Barry Allen? And I don't 
I have lots of reasons for Harry, hating Barry Allen, but what pisses me off about him the most is when he had his God moment. Now, God for Arrow is the monitor. God for Barry Allen is the Speed Force. And Barry Allen got to meet the Speed Force. The Speed Force was like, hey, you got a lot of gifts and abilities, and that's wonderful, and I think that you're worthy of them, but that doesn't make you me. So you don't get to, you know, reverse time, bring people back to life, and you need to accept that people that you love are going to die. He literally has an entire conversation with God. God lays out the blueprint for him. This is what you do. The very next week, Barry's father's died. Barry father's, Barry's father dies, and then he creates Flashpoint, a process in which uh, John and Lila lost their daughter, and Cisco's brother was dead. But Barry got what everything Barry all everything Barry wanted. And this time around, he's refusing to leave his family. He's refusing. He's going to Aruba. He freaking went to Aruba two weeks ago. He's refusing to sacrifice what Oliver has already sacrificed. And he's not even, do, Oliver's not even doing these sacrifices to save himself. I mean, his primary deal that he made was for Kara and Barry's lives. And... Now we can, I'm like, you know, I really wonder if Arrow's going to do a God moment because we got Barry Allen in the Speed Force. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is the God moment. And everyone was like, well, this is a little bit oddly placed. I'm like, well, they're not going to have time in fucking crisis. There's like 300,000 superheroes. So I was like, they need to do the mildly deep dive tonight. And you can see the contrast in reaction. Yeah. And Oliver is just like, yeah, okay. I did my best. I fought the good fight, but I am not getting out of this. And I accept. He humbles himself to the Lord. He accepts that he is not God. And that's the way through. Okay? The second piece of this that people get, oh, oh, Jen's losing hope. There's another part to the Jesus story. Okay. Yeah, the resurrection. There's a <laughs> resurrection story coming. Here's why I'm sure. There's two reasons why I'm sure. Okay. Two things happened. The first is Oliver is beginning to, re Oliver in the process of accepting he's going to die is essentially when he sees his kids the last time, he's starting to get ready to be saying goodbye. Okay. He kind of acts like he's not going to see them again as he's leaving this. And they're like, dad, you know, what's your deal? It's just a fundraiser. Um, and Mia picks up on it and she says, dad, you're going to be okay. And I'm like, listen, I'm not saying she's Don John Diggle or Felicity Smokit, but when the princess ha that has promised makes a statement like that and they, z they just like zoom in on Mia and Kat McNamara, I love the way she said dad, because the dad in itself was just a sentence. She's like, dad. And then the second part of it is Laurel Lance. And this is the most shocking part of the whole fucking episode. Get ready, Callie. Laurel's storyline mattered. I don't believe it. It fed <laughs> the main plot. It you, relates you totally to the main character. I didn't know what show I was watching. I was like, what is happening? Now, I don't. Um, so the reason why, you know, Laurel has to learn a lesson. She's like, oh, I pissed off the monitor because I wouldn't betray Oliver. And that's not the point. Um, Laurel is in the loop for because the monitor is rewarding her. 
she didn't betray Oliver, proved herself worthy, and therefore he's giving her a reward. And what Laurel has wanted, what Black Siren has wanted, is one chance to say what Quentin Lance means to her. I guess I kind of forgot that she didn't get to say goodbye to him. I thought she did. I thought she did, but whatever. I like block a lot of season six out, particularly when it comes to bad sure guy plots. Was Sarah that missed. Uh, but, Sarah whatever. missed. I felt like there was some kind of chat. I know. I know Oliver got a big goodbye to him, but none of them knew it was a goodbye because he died in surgery. Yeah. So I think uh, I think there was maybe a conversation, but I don't think Black Siren said everything she wanted to say, which is which is what she does tonight. Um, I don't feel it was Katie's best work. Typically, I'm a pretty big fan of when Katie Cassidy cries. I really, I think she does a good job with them. Um, it just felt, I don't know if it was the framing. She, they were just had her, you know, Quentin's dying again. She's on her knees, hands on the shoulder. It didn't really feel like she was talking to him. It was like she's talking to the camera. It was just, it was weird. And her, her crying was like not hitting the right depth for me. But the point is, you know, and there was lots of, oh, um, you know, I just need to tell you what you mean to me. And Quentin's been calling her baby girl and sweetheart. And, you know, she's his daughter. And I don't have a problem with any of that. But I think and it just didn't work for me because I never really bought into the Quentin and Black Siren relationship because she was evil for like 98% of it. And she, you know, she gets the chance to tell him that she wanted to become a, a hero because of him. She wanted to honor his sacrifice. And it's like, I was like, yeah, hey, that's a great, you know, it's no different than in our Laurel becoming Black Canary to honor Sarah. It's it going to be one of the feels, two. It feels a little bit more authentic to me. Sarah? No, her wanting to be a hero for Quentin versus Sarah. Because for Sarah, it felt like Sarah has always taken what I deserve. And now I finally get my chance yeah, to I can shine see your now point that she's that. gone. Yeah. You I know, mean, I was, a, I was a big fan of the Sarah Angle, she but. was, she, if you rewatch with like a different perspective on it, she was a little greedy about that jacket. She's a little greedy. Yeah, I, I also feel like that was some of Katie Cassidy's attitude bleeding into the show. <laughs> it could have very well been. Now, with her, with her wanting to be a hero to live up to what Quentin Lance expected of her and what he sacrificed for her, that to me feels a little bit more authentic. Yeah, and I, I'm, I'm good. You know, I, I'll never agree with them killing off Paul Blackthorne to keep Katie Cassidy. Sorry, no, Just that's a bad not idea. Gonna get me there. Not- um, so I can't hit the emotional depth on this that is required to be like, oh, this is so amazing. But you know, if Laurel wants to be a good person and this is the reason she wants to be a good person, I am fully behind that. More power to well, you, sweetheart. If nothing else, we've established the only way she can be a hero is if somebody else has to die. Pretty much. So, but of the two deaths making her a hero, I I was able to groove to the, the Quentin Lance more than I was the Sarah. Okay. Mostly because they, yeah. got a, they got so sanctimonious with Earth One Laurel. Oh, Earth Laurel, One Laurel really was just, just a lot. It was just, she was already a good guy before Sarah died. And then she was like, oh, Paragon, you know, after. And it was just like, Ugh. but is she really? Well, there's you know? some of that with Black Siren. But I mean, at least Black Siren had a road to go. Well, to and at least there. Black Siren has some snark <laughs> and some edge and, 
can joke yeah. around and I don't know. It just, just it it feels more like okay, I can I can buy that. Well, it's like okay, she's a got a, this great scene with Quentin, and then the next, uh, and then when she runs into Lila, she's like, I don't have to fucking listen to you. You're a traitor. And I'm like, could we just rein in the traitor? You helped kill William's mother. Okay. <laughs> can we, we just, that? like, that? It's like, they, she just, it's like, you're doing great, Laurel. You're doing fine. And then she just crosses the line in her arrogance and hypocrisy. But I feel like Like, she can't just, wear the mantle just, of being a hero without being just, a complete judgmental dick. That's just Katie. And, hypocr- <laughs> and hypocritical is really... Is, it's like, how do you call Lila a traitor that's just, when you yeah. literally were an accessory to murder? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it hard, it's hard. Here's, here's but, my thing. Go ahead. I'm still back around to... Okay, so Oliver's accepting his death and he's he's marching towards... Well, here, let me finish. Is- let me tell you how it connects because okay. this is when I was, I was writing the review last night. I'm like, holy shit. So this is the way it works. Laurel, for the first time I feel this year, um, chooses not to betray Oliver, and she's not a complete dick. She does one mildly um, positive thing, and she's rewarded with her greatest wish. And I was just like, wait a what? Laurel is getting a reward. Black fucking siren gets her reward after I'm not going to betray Oliver. It reminded me like when Damon, when Damon Salvatore in the Vampire Diaries finale was like, no, I'm going to die for you, Stefan. And Stefan's like, oh, he wants to die for me. He's a good person again. And Stefan's like, no, I'm going to jump into the fireball. I'm like, okay, Damon does one mildly decent thing for the first time in eight years. And you're like, well, I'll die for you now. I was like, oh, slow your roll, Stefan. Maybe like he could work at a food bank or something for <laughs> a couple of weeks before we start dying for him. It was just like, oh, this hideous character finally does something good. And then it's like the reward I don't feel matched the um, uh, the act, and yet she received it. And I was saying to myself as I'm writing, and you're going to read it in the review, I was like, so wait a minute. Laurel is a mildly good person, and she gets a reward, but Oliver is literally going to save the fucking uterus, or universe, uterus, uh, universe, and he gets nothing? No, that math don't work. That math don't work for me. No. Well, and it's also, it's it also, like, to tie back to the Bible or right. whatever, is if, and, and Harry Potter, if that's the way you choose to yeah. look at this. Let's if, go with Harry Potter for a while. If, They're probably sick if, of Jesus. If the story ends in Harry sacrificing himself to save all of magic dumb, mm-hmm. that's just a sad story. If the Bible ends with Jesus just dying to save people, that's just a sad story. Right. If Arrow ends with Oliver dying, that's just a sad story. And it, in all three cases, it's only half of the story. Right. Because you're missing the biggest part. The reward, the resurrection. <laughs> the, you're missing the salvation. You're telling a salvation story. And if you just stop at death, then you're not getting the rest of it. Okay, Jesus didn't, he, he died for us on the cross, but a real big part in that whole dying of the cross was rising from the dead. Mm-hmm. And everyone was like, oh, you, you really are God. You're not making it up. And he's like, yeah, come follow me. So 
Oliver, in that sense, is is the same. Harry Potter does his uh, kind of walk in the metaphysical with Dumbledore, and he has to realize that you know he's he has to accept his death. But in the process of accepting that death, you know, is essentially what helps him survive because he's of the Horcruxes. And thank God my daughter was an expert on this because I was like pausing it in the last movie all the time. I was like, wait, what's going on? So you need an expert on Horcruxes. I have one. Um, but anyway, so yeah, if they just stop at Oliver being dead, we're... It's it's not a story of salvation, and that has always, 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 always been the story that they're telling with Oliver. Because Green. what is the tagline associated with the show? You have failed the city. You mm -hmm. have failed the city. It's all about saving. Mm -hmm. And who who's being saved? And is it the city? Is it Oliver? Is is Oliver and the city one and the same? Is it in, intricately intertwined? And does love? save the right city, you know and and so it's all gonna come back around do we know exactly what the shapes no see this is the part I, like? not, I totally agree because this is the part because everyone's like well how is it how is he coming back and i'm like listen guys this is the part where you have to allow creativity yeah don't, i don't, don't know don't exactly doesn't mean it's right. not gonna happen i don't know <laughs> what resurrection means to mark guggenheim or beth i don't know and this is the area in which they get to, this is what we say resurrection, a resurrection salvation story is. I mean, Oliver could rise from the grave like a vampire. He could pop in and out in different, whatever. He could literally be in a metaphysical, spiritual world that looks like Aruba. He could be in Aruba. It's like, I don't know what that is going to look like. I just know it's going to happen. And if they're rewarding Laurel fucking Lance, for not betraying Oliver. You, you don't think they're, they're going to balance that out for the star of the freaking show? Of course they are. Now, I and what we can't tell you is what does that reward? What does that salvation truly look like to Oliver? I can't answer that for you because we're not the telling thing, the story. Guys, 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 guys. If you're always going to need some sort of physical, tangible proof of a happy ending in order to accept that there's going to be a happy ending, then you're never going to be as fully satisfied with this show or any other show. Well, yeah, I would say you being would be a fan requires just, some faith. It requires absolute faith. And that people sit there and they say, oh, but the writers have done us wrong. But have they? No. I'm where, sorry, where I can't do even wrong? hear that anymore. I'm like, where this is did like, they do you wrong? Elicity broke up. Oh fucking! They got boo back together, and we got the best <laughs> episode of the series out of it. God, <sighs> like, sure they broke up. They were always going to break up in some way, shape, or form or another. Has the writing always been like Nobel Prize worthy? Of course not. It's a CW show. Till. It's Black, still the Sesame Street of television, of shipping. Exactly. We have it's, been given it's so, so many things. So much. You guys don't know what it means for writers to hate you. I do. Here's the thing. They did this on Buffy. Buffy Bu Buffy did her Jesus thing. She had a Jesus thing. Okay, but here's but the difference. Did they reward her in the end? No. Uh, <laughs> this is the difference. Death was the salvation for Buffy. Death was her gift. 
And how depressing That's is that? That's fucking dark, okay? That's she was super so um, done. And she tells Giles, if, if this is what is, you know, she's like, all right, I killed the love of my life to save the universe. I did it. Um, I knew it was right. And it nearly tore my soul out to do it, but I didn't. And now they're asking me to do it with my baby sister, who is the last connection I have to my family. And she says to Giles, I can't do this. If this is what it means to live, where everything is just stripped away all the time, I don't want to live. And so when she sacrifices herself and she gets no... Like, the death is a reward, but then she's sucked back into life. Thanks, Willow. You know, it's just... Yeah, the the resurrection with Buffy is not a happy thing for Buffy. Because no. she was in heaven. They had they have Willow yank her out of it because they, Willow thought she was in a hell dimension. None of them considered, oh, well, perhaps there's a better place we all go to. Because she's a hero. Right. Maybe she might And go Buffy to gives a beautiful <laughs> speech, and she's telling Spike, no, I, you know, I... I didn't have form, but I was still me. I was warm. I was loved. I knew everyone I loved was okay, and I was finished. And she just, to get yanked from that peace and love is just devastating. Here's the thing. There's not a lot of people. I don't think anybody who goes into heaven comes back. The only ones that are like, oh, you know, I, you know, we're, they're presented a choice in these, you know, uh, near-death experiences. None of them have actually, like, walked in through the gate. Because once you walk in the gate, this is amazing. I don't want to leave. You know what I mean? So my point is, there's a really dark turn you can take with this, and we didn't love to do that. Um, you know, he, 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 and what ends up happening is Buffy becomes just, it was almost like this, because she feels guilty. She doesn't want to be alive. She feels ungrateful. She feels unworthy. So it becomes a very destructive, toxic, self-hatred actions that she's doing all season. It's very, very dark. And they eventually move her to a place where she's, she wants to live again. But is she, does she have the same spark, the same enthusiasm, the same joy, the same humor? No, she is fundamentally darker and sadder and different. And that is just, that's why I was saying, you know, and I've said this before, Buffy is a similar story to Oliver, but it's opposite directory, trajectories. Oliver begins the show with the loss of his innocence, and it's about reclaiming his soul. Buffy began, um, Buffy's story is about the loss of her innocence which is a much darker, sadder kind of hero story. And that's not what we're in, which is why I prefer this particular arc. I prefer Oliver's arc over Buffy's. You know, that's more hopeful. Oliver has had, honestly, one of the most gorgeous arcs Oh, it is seen. masterfully constructed. They have done, listen, I'm not saying Arrow doesn't screw up, but I don't really feel they've screwed up with their biggest, uh, with their biggest job, which is to make him a believable and redeemable hero. They they did not mess up Oliver. They did not mess up Felicity. They did not mess up Elicity. No. Which Listen, are the three they things messed I up a whole about. bunch of other things. That's <laughs> fine. But those were all things that could be messed up while the integrity of what was really important was maintained. And that right. has always been true. Right. So I you know, to me it was a good episode. I was a little like, you know, I get I tend to get more emo I always tend to like it better after I write my review because I kind of get to think my thoughts. As I was watching, I was like, I'm a little bored. I know this is going. But then I was like, oh, you know, when you think back and I'm like, God, those Quentin scenes were really beautiful and 
you know, Paul did such a great, and I was like, oh, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot here. I just don't feel like it kind of, I don't know if time loop gave it the gravity it really needed, but it, it worked. It's what Arrow has, you know what I mean? They're not going to do Jesus in the Garden with Oliver. It's just, they're not. This and is I'm Jesus in the still garden. back at where I would have liked to, I would like to see all this with Felicity. I don't, yeah. I have a hard time reconciling well, Oliver not going to his wife. It's, knowing it's, that he's yeah, it's, die. you know, it's, it's hard to see. I said, man, if Lila, if, if Felicity was delivering these lines to Oliver, because I think, you know, essentially the monitor is using different people in Oliver's lives for different purposes and trying to teach him this lesson. I explained why he, he chose Quentin, but, um, you know, Lila is conscious and, you know, he's like, you know, why didn't the monitor just freaking tell me this? You know, she's like, because you have to experience everything, Oliver. You don't listen. And I'm like, God, is that a fucking mood or is that a fucking mood? Like, I, we are all exhausted because of Oliver having to experience all his lessons. It's exhausting being an Arrow fan. But I think what would have made it more meaningful and maybe hit a deeper chord is if Felicity was present and Oliver was working, they were working through this realization together. Because here's the deal, Oliver has to accept he's going to die, but so does Felicity. That it's like, okay, you're not getting out of this and we're not getting, we're really not getting out yeah, of this. And I would have loved to have seen What that would those have scenes. been. I would have liked to have seen him telling her what he's learned so like next week the promo is he's telling the that. kids that yeah it's, and i know and i know that's kind of like yeah that's the next best thing yeah but at the no same i time, totally like, agree with oh, you no no i don't God. even know if it's the next best thing for me because i'm just like this is such a massively huge you know after barry talks with the speed force he talks with iris at his mother's grave it's a beautiful scene we didn't get the talk at the gravesite with Felicity. And I think this episode really, 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 really needed it. And the fact that Emily was not there, I think of any of any episode, this has hurt them the most, her absence. And in this particular one. And it felt much less emotional, felt a little bit more hollow. It felt a little bit more like Oliver was going through the motions. And hey, I understand the reasons for it. I understand they're trying to communicate to the audience. But I just was like, man, this would have been 10 times better with Felicity in it. And I feel like that's just been kind of true of every episode along the way. Like the well, kids yeah, coming I know, from I know. the future would have been so much cooler. Well, I'm not, I'm not saying. Too. And, and like, I think just because people yeah. are like, oh, well, Jen is... Jen doesn't care about Emily or Felicity because she just likes Mia and, you know, Felicity's just a uterus that, you know, delivered a baby for him. No. Absolutely not. Listen, Anybody I would, would think that after I would, what you've I done would trade. I love Kat McMahon. I would trade her in a heartbeat for Felicity Smoke. Okay. I have no, I love, Felicity is my second favorite character on the show. My first favorite though is Oliver. So, yeah. and that's a valid life choice. It doesn't mean I don't give a shit about Felicity. Um, but I think what the writers were dealing with this year is that they lost the freaking heart of the show. And what <laughs> do you do with that? That's a nightmare. And to they me, are readily like acknowledging this was a nightmare. And they it, did it, the it best they could. But is it better like... than having Emily in season eight? No. And I am more than comfortable 
saying that. And you know what? If you ask Mark the same freaking question, I guarantee you he'd be like, no, it's not as good as Emily. Emily. They were devastated that she was not I part of I feel like it's, it's, and that's why I feel like season eight is a little bit like zombie arrow. It's yeah. It's, around you know, I think they're going to get there. I'm just so glad she's in the finale. I'm just so glad. Because I think, so here's what's going to happen. I was like, I was thinking about this. I was like, you know, actually Arrow's season is 15 episodes because Steven is in all the crisis stuff. So we're headed. But he's not in nine. He's not in nine. But yeah. So like, all right, we're headed into seven. I think crisis starts at eight for Arrow. Right? It does. Okay. And then we got eight and then we've got five or four additional episodes on the crossover shows. Right? Because there's five nights of, of, of crisis so we're airing the the first three and here's the other thing buckle up they're gonna kill him and go out on holiday break at the end at the end of when when it airs in december right before christmas when they go on winter break he's gonna be dead and you're gonna have to wait a whole fucking month for them to tell the resurrection story doesn't it go flash episode break arrow episode legends episode I believe. I it don't does. remember. Here, let me look. I can't. Remember. I believe it does. So he's gonna end, die at the end of the Flash episode. The Arrow episode is going to be. Oh my God, Oliver just fucking died. <laughs> and yeah, they'll the probably maybe they'll, they'll do the they'll do the funeral. All right, I'm double checking because I this is where it gets dicey. Okay, so Supergirl is she's the first. December 8th. Then we go directly Monday, December 9th. Then we go directly Tuesday, December 10th. Okay, so yes. it goes uh, Supergirl first, Batwoman second, The Flash last. Those are the first three episodes, and they play on consecutive nights in December. Then we take holiday break. We come back with Arrow's episode of the crossover on January 14th, and then they finish it out the same night with Legends of Tomorrow. Correct. Okay. I don't think, I think we might get the, the funeral stuff, maybe. Maybe we'll get it in the, the Flash episode. I No, I think it might happen in the finale. The series finale. Well, okay, yeah. I so then it's like, well, how happen... does he die? You know, the timing of this is all weird because of this middle break that they're putting yeah, in. And Mark's been giving like some weird spoilers. Like he said, like the break is accounted for. Yeah, like, I don't really. We're going to know when we know. Uh, <laughs> I just, I'm just telling you, be mentally prepared for having to wait a month for yeah, the resurrection story. Just day. like. Yeah. Be... Oh, yeah. No, he's. When you celebrate Christmas this year, you will be celebrating with the knowledge that Oliver Queen is dead. Right. Merry Christmas. Six feet Happy under. Happy Hanukkah. Fuck you very much, Arrow Raiders. Yeah. Happy New Year. Happy Christmaka. Um, well, and, you know, I think to... I'm trying to remember. Yeah, never mind. It's not important. Yeah. So I think that, you know, it's it, it's there stands a very real chance that we'll... Here's the thing. The timing could be wrong, and they might do all the funeral shit, like Callie said, in the series finale. It's a two-hour season series finale. They're going to have time for it. Well, no. The first hour is... Is that a retrospective? Yeah. Oh, man. I was kind of hoping for two hours. Two hours of felicity. I know. (laughs) It's okay. They'll get it done. But it's got cast interviews and stuff, and that'll be fun, too. I'm not worried about the direction this is going. But in order to really enjoy this, I do think Callie brought up a very good point. And really to enjoy... You know, I think sometimes the fandom can get way too focused on having spoiler pictures. They can't enjoy the show unless they know exactly what's going to happen. 
and people couldn't couldn't relax and just have faith that Emily would be back for the finale. Well, and people couldn't relax in season three until we got that Elsie was going to end up together, even though all signs right. pointed to that. Because we had until we got the sunset drive picks, they couldn't relax right. until. Um, we saw the the spoiler picks for the engagement, and they're Oliver and Felicity are never getting back together, you know, until, until they start releasing they promo were. pictures of them from five twenty. <laughs> it's like okay, there's a formula here, guys, and it's a formula that has not changed in eight years, and they're not I going to change now. it in the last five fucking episodes. That's not what is happening. So you need to trust the trajectory. You have to trust that even though I don't know how the story is going to end, I have a I have a broad strokes concept of the con- kind of story they're trying to tell. Mm-hmm. And they are literally bashing the scripts over our head to make these these to, to tell us what they're doing. Arrow is a hand-holding show. It is. You it know, Whedon would just be like, eh, let's be ambiguous and fuck you kids. You know, I mean, you're Listen, like, wait, I'm is watching... this the meaning of life? What? What is he talking about? And I... I'm watching his dark materials on HBO. And I swear to God, I spend like 60, 70, 80 percent of the time confused as fuck. Because I have he's no idea and makes no sense. what is going he on. Is, I'm he, like, I got what is this going is my Whedon thing. I have never met a writer with who writes less hopeful than he does i mean he if there is if a character has a smidgen of happiness he yanks it i'm like god what happened to you you know like it's really in fact he knows this about himself which is why in the avengers you know they were playing around with hawkeye's death because hawkeye was married and happy and had kids and that's whedon's uh you know that's like catnip to weed in he's got to blow it up so we're like well hawkeye's dead and then oh switcheroo it was the the speed brother or whatever and i'm like yeah this is him giving a middle finger to everybody who says this about him oh that's not what i do like that's exactly what you do otherwise you wouldn't have just done this if you did not could it not if you couldn't acknowledge the truth of that and that has never been what arrow is it is an inherently hopeful series and they believe in love. And they believe in some happy endings. Is there going to be sadness with a happy ending? Yes. Is it going to be exactly how you pictured it? And Oliver's going to raise his kids. And go, we're going to see them go grocery shopping. And pick out, you know, colleges. For, I don't know. Maybe we'll get a montage. But who knows? Do I think that they're going to go that sappy? Probably not. Although I am curious about why it looks like Susanna thompson is back i just here's what i love that they're doing this i love that they're bringing back all the greatest hit actors because it's like it's it's it is nice that they're kind of taking the walk down memory lane i really do like that they're trying why is she there i know well you never know are we getting time loop moira is this earth 57 moira is this what moira is a ghost like i don't know i don't i don't know but I, I really liked – the reason why I haven't been upset about Oliver dying is because I know what kind of story they're trying to tell, and I really like those stories. You yeah. can't truly fully appreciate your life and 
you know, here's the process of death to me, okay? Hopefully you live a good life. You do the best you can. And when God decides to call you home, you go home. To me, this life is not the end game. And you can, you can disagree with me. That's fine. We'll all be in heaven together someday. You can tell me I'm right then. But I think that in a certain sense that is trying to, you know, Oliver has been fighting for survival. The, the next phase was, no, he needs to fight for living. And then the next phase, he needs to achieve some peace. I think they're going to bring him back to life because the other actual part of Oliver's story is that he is everyone's salvation. Okay, so these, there's multiple pieces at work here that are all part of Jesus's story. And I love that. That's why I love all these superhero stories because they all, do, I mean, Superman did this. We killed Superman a couple times. Jon Snow. You know, those ones, they didn't really answer the resurrection. Nobody knows where Jon Snow went. <laughs> um, but they all come back for a greater purpose. That is bigger than just Gandalf. The Gandalf, the was, yeah, oh yeah, Gandalf. Dumble, Dumbledore didn't come back, but Harry did. So, you know, it's just these are great, really hopeful, happy stories. Is there some sadness? Are we going to grieve? Yeah, they're telling us you have to grieve Oliver Queen. We're we're going to make you grieve him. We're, you're going to see Oliver Queen actually physically die right. on your TV screen in and, 1080p and i always you know, had a problem with oliver right dying because i was like well they just did the perfect death scene um in 309 but the the extra step that i didn't know they were going to take in this you know i didn't know if we're, i mean are we going are we going half jesus are we going a full jesus are we not doing jesus like who knows you know but as the series progressed and as it grew beyond Oliver saving one city and it became about Oliver's legacy and what he instills in people and this eternal hope. I was like, oh, we're edging our way towards uh, some Harry Potter and some Jesus. Excellent. Okay. And then they take this next step where he is um, going to meet his fate. I think that that is really powerful storytelling and extremely hopeful, which is why it just never really bothered me that they were doing it. Does that make sense? Did I make any sense? I don't know. <laughs> my brain is stopped working. Well, this is the thing, because I'm like, oh my God, I'm talking so much about Jesus, and this is a freaking comic book show, and I'm like, this is ridiculous, because it's such a sticky area for me, because it's like, well, yeah, I believe all this stuff, but it's like, oh God, here's here's the crazy Catholic going off again. I'm like, I don't know how else to explain it. I literally have no other tools at my disposal to discuss. <laughs> So if you're putting up with all my religious talk, I appreciate it. And feel free to choose any other fictional character to insert for religious stories, if you so desire. But yeah, it was a good episode. It's going to be, ultimately, it's going to be what Mia said. It's going to be okay, Dad. I really felt like it was a so let it be written, so let it be done moment. Um. <laughs> what time is it? I don't know. Um. <laughs> 102 we're doing okay there's a be the one of the best chapters of harry potter is the one where he's walking into the forest to die mm. knowing he's gonna die knowing what he has to do and it's 
I read, I don't know anybody who read that chapter who didn't read it with tissues clutched in their hand, just openly weeping because it was absolutely gut-wrenchingly beautiful. And Oliver Queen is doing this to us right now. He's going to do it next week. He's going to do it in the crossover and it's going to, it's going to hurt guys. Yeah. I'm, I'm a little bit, you know, selfishly glad. I'm selfishly glad I'm not watching it because I'm like, you know, yeah, I'm not looking forward that. to this experience. I don't think I, I don't think I can handle that. I might be able to handle it once it's all Listen, done. I was then, an know, absolute it's, mess. It's Season three, I was an absolute mess over Sarah. And then they followed it up nine episodes later with oh, Oliver. I was that sobbing. Was absolute. I cried too. Yeah. I mean, I and was I just. I was like, oh my god, what did they just? They just threw my son off a mountain. And like I knew season three is not Steven signed to five. He's not dead. But it was still, it still just hurts. so gut wrenching with the freaking the last thought of felicity. You're just like, oh, just gut me. Just rip my still beating heart out of my body. It was awful. This is going to be worse. This is worse. And what they're saying to us is, ha ha, we had magic tea last night. Fuck magic tea. You're going to watch him die. You're going to bury him and you're going to grieve him. And we're going to make you do it. And everything is going to be awful and you're going to lose hope and faith. And then we're going to, we're going to do a switcheroo. But I just, I constantly come back to Stephen saying Oliver's in one place and then he's in Well, yeah, because I think, well, it's like, oh, Jen and Kelly, you're just talking, you know, well, like no, we said, we don't... We have reasons we got to reasons this for this. Again, <laughs> spoilers are one thing. One of the things that I've always felt with Arrow is you don't need spoilers because the show is really. so freaking transparent about the direction they're going. If, if you pay attention to the narrative right. and the, the narrative style and how the, these writers tell these stories... That's spoiler. If you enough, think but... Arrow is more concerned with rewarding Laurel Lance at the end of her hero's journey than they are with Oliver Queen, Stephen Amell, father of the Arrowverse, I can't help you. <laughs> like, I don't know if you were hurt as a child or what that caused you to we're be gonna so We're going to have to go our separate hope. ways, kiddo, because I don't know how to make you see that that is not what is happening. I don't understand that level of uh, hopelessness. I really don't. Well, and hey, what a great moment. Laurel actually was the hope in the story. You know? Let's not go that far. Well, it's like, well, she got a hopeful thing. I was like, maybe it's, I was um, like, well, if she's getting her. a hopeful thing, then it can't be that bad for Oliver. Listen, okay. I just, okay. I was just glad she made some freaking sense for five minutes. I was like, that was enjoyable. Somebody, before we sign off into that. Into that the great... darkness of, and into the hole that is Thanksgiving holiday. Somebody, and I'm so sorry I forget who, because my brain is Swiss cheese. Um, <laughs> <laughs> somebody wanted to hear what I had to say about the Mandalorian <gasps> oh. on this week's podcast. Okay. Because. Listen Are these spoilers? There's no spoilers in The Mandalorian. Oh, okay. Listen, okay? Gotcha. Here's what I have to say about The Mandalorian. Now, a lot of people look at it, and if they're not into Star Wars, they're like, ugh, Star Wars. Nah. I don't, I'm not going to pay attention. I can't get into that mythos. It's too big. I understand that because I watch Doctor Who. There's too much mythos. I can't watch this. 
Mandalorian very much operates kind of like a standalone. It's just a story. And it's not really, at least thus far, connected to anything else that you've seen in Star Wars. So it's its its, its own thing. And what it's doing really well is its it's giving you these characters, these archetypes. And you're getting to be like, oh my gosh, I, I really connect with this character. Oh my gosh, I really love this character. Oh my God, Baby Yoda. You know, and it's what every week I'm like, they can't possibly be better than they were last week. And then I'll watch and I'll be like, holy fucking They reset it's the whole better. scale. They bet it's better than it was last week. We've seen three episodes and I'm like, this is already, these three episodes is like the best Star Wars movie well, I've ever seen. Well, that's good that Disney is coming up with some original quality content for their streaming, you know? It's, We're pretty fucking it's, sick of Netflix. It's, it's, I'm pretty fucking sick of Netflix. I'm that really mad about Netflix no, right now. We'll, we'll get to that in a second. Okay. <laughs> but before I go, every time Baby Yoda is on my TV screen, I just, I can't help but go, oh, because he's, so he's just, he's just, the most perfect thing everybody's like oh he's gonna he's gonna be overrated soon not possible you cannot <laughs> overrate baby yoda and you cannot overrate the mandalorian if you have a chance over christmas and you're like i'm bored i don't know what to watch i have disney plus if you have disney plus there's no reason you should be bored and have nothing to watch a but b to watch. go watch the mandalorian you will not be sorry it is so good it's funny it is fucking funny there is funny shit in The Mandalorian. The first time I laughed out loud, I like caught myself and I looked at my husband. And I was like, holy, holy crap. What did that just happen? Was that like a real joke? It was a real joke and it was real funny. And they keep coming and it's, it's fantastic. That was funny. What? I know. <laughs> this is impossible. It's like all of a sudden if Arrow became a comedy, you're like, what? That's uncomfortable. Does that go there? I don't know about that. Okay. And with an E. Oh, well, let me finish this because it's Arrow related. No. And then we'll get to Anne with the name. But um, somebody literally, oh, that's funny. That's a funny name. Um, Twitter handle. Do you think there is any significance of, significance of 6.27 p.m.? Also, what are your guesses as to what tell it to you could be about? I don't know what you're talking about with the 6.27 p.m. I missed that detail in the episode. Um, and Mark tweeted out that he just watched a final cut of the episode, the series finale, and he put in parentheses, tell it to you. So obviously that's a form of dialogue. Some are saying it's the last. It's the last. Like they're... People we were know. freaking out that somehow this Some means Oliver's like, staying really like, dead. I was like, I don't yeah. know how everyone gets to these conclusions. Explain it to I me. Would like, what I'd are like the steps? To, I'd like somebody to draw me the map. Because I need a map with arrows and a compass. To, to because where they ended up. I'm, I'm like, going wow. straight and the swerving wow. around me is just, what? Is it's, like, it's like you're going in a straight line and everyone's like zipping around you in corkscrews. And you're just like, what is happening on Twitter today? What is going going why? on why is this suddenly a bad why is this when horrible I, it, I just am like when i saw it i was like i like it well i tell it to I you like i mean it could be almost anything i mean it's almost too vague to even formulate speculation on i feel there is but but somebody 
somebody wonderful and mighty, and I've forgotten completely. Have we forgotten their names? But you are mighty uh, and wonderful. <laughs> you are mighty and wonderful, and if you're listening, you'll know who you are. Said <laughs> that it sounds like somebody telling somebody else's story. Yeah, and I'm like, I like that. And some people are like, oh, it's somebody telling the story of Oliver because he's dead. And I'm like, okay, well that's oh. dark, but <laughs> also not the case. It could be somebody telling the story of Oliver. It could be Oliver telling the story of Oliver to his grandkids. We don't fucking know. I mean, I don't understand why telling this. Of course someone's going to tell the story of Oliver Queen because if they don't tell the story, then his legacy doesn't live on forever. Right. Which is the point. We want that story told. You're trying to reach eternalness with this epic almost mythic kind of hero good news, guys it's good news it's don't fine tell as, don't be like why tell well and why. here's the other thing mark actually i mean that was just <laughs> something he put in parentheses but he physically released the last page of the script blacked out at like 99 percent of it but the only part he didn't black out was the of possibility and I, there's no more possibility if you're dead you're dead it's the possibility is being dead that's it you're hanging out in heaven and there's no more growth there's no more you know you're you're complete you're finished so if there's of possibility which is in the physical script page that is a hopeful ending that's all Thanks for joining us this week. Be sure to listen next week. Subscribe to Watch Over on iTunes. Or Google Play. And look us up on Twitter and Tumblr. Bye. Bye.